Hi, welcome back to The Horrors. Hi, I'm Elise. I'm Shay. And we're so excited to be here. Yes, we are closing out the year. Ah, 2020 is almost over. I'm okay with that. I'm so okay with that. I think most people are okay with that. Yes, it's the holiday season. Well, it's not quite the holiday season yet when we're recording, but by the time folks are hearing this, it'll be closer to New Year's and the holidays will have come and gone. We have a little bit of holiday joy here tonight. We do. I have a Christmas present for Shay. And I have a Christmas (laughs) present for Elise. (laughs) And we decided why not open them on the podcast? Yeah, let's just... Mine actually works for the podcast. Oh, it does? Yeah, just a little, yeah. Mine does not, but it's okay. So do you want me to open mine first then, yeah, since it works for the yours. podcast? Okay. Okay. We're about to have some ASMR here. <laughs> I'll try to do this quickly. Yeah, just slide it right off. Okay. Okay. It's a cute little bow. Yeah, I did it myself. Oh my god. What is this? Oh, wait. I see what this is. Oh my goodness. Is this a um, cancuzzi? It is. Oh, my God. Do you recognize the pattern? Of course I recognize the pattern. (laughs) It's the floor pattern for The Shining, (laughs) which we haven't covered yet, but we should. I thought it was chic as hell. It is so chic. (laughs) No, this is awesome. It's kind of like big for a bottle, but since the top has that little rubber part, it still fits a bottle. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. I thought it was cool. And Shay's a beer drinker, so I thought, you know what? I do love my beer. Here she goes. Here I am. Oh, my God. This is so fucking cool. This is, like, such a conversation starter at parties. What the fuck are parties? I mean, I haven't (laughs) been to one in fucking... I didn't go to them before the pandemic. (laughs) That is true. That is true. I'm not not a party people, but... Well, now you can be. Now I can be. Thank you. You're welcome. My damn pleasure. Mine doesn't have anything to do with the podcast. It's not horror-related. Okay. But... I was That's thinking probably for the best. It's probably for the best. <laughs> but I was thinking of your apartment when I saw this. I love the and paper. the colors of your apartment. And okay. I just saw this and was like, you need something to pull the room together. Ooh. And the colors just spoke and I thought you would like it. <gasps> oh my gosh. It's a clock. It's a clock. Oh my god, it's beautiful. I love it. Doesn't it like match your like it's so serene, but also so sassy, but also so chic. What's on it? Oh my god. Okay, birds, cranes. Yeah. And like um an illustrated sky with a lot of different swirly patterns and like I would say maybe like a sun that looks like it's peeking off. And it's orange and blue and gray and white. And it's really pretty. And yeah, I do have a lot of those colors in my apartment. Yeah. It reminds me of my table. It doesn't scream obvious you to me, but I saw this and just thought of your space. And I'm like... I love it. Yeah. It's just like a perfect like kitchen little clock. And I don't have an analog clock. And so I feel like I'm going to be a lot cooler with one. Also, like it wasn't batteries included, (gasps) but I got you a battery (laughs) so that you could make it work. it from my neck like flavor flavor oh my god (laughs) that's what i'm missing it shouldn't have been a battery included it should have been a chain (laughs) oh my gosh a fat chain did you watch flavor of love no oh my god i watched flavor of love was that a dating show it was with flavor Flav, and that's where like new york came from you know new york with all the funny memes of her yes that's where she came from she was a semi-finalist and i think the first season now is he the suitor was he the bachelor Mm -hmm. okay see now i watched Tequila Tequila shot at love <laughs> because at the time there wasn't a lot. I should say there still isn't a lot of representation for queer people 
in dating shows, but come to find out later on, she's a neo-Nazi. But Tila Tequila. I know. Either uh, way. Flavor of Love had my heart. Essentially, she brought 10 guy suitors and 10 gal suitors, and nobody knew she was bisexual until they introduced them all to each other. Was there only one season or was there There was two. Very interesting. Yep. Speaking of which, I'm just realizing, I realized today that I chipped my tooth. When? I have no idea. I was at lunch eating and I thought like I got something stuck to my tooth and I was so confused. And then sure enough, I looked in the mirror and I have like a little chip. Do you see it? Are you there? Just barely. Yeah, it's so little, but I didn't, I don't remember hurting myself. What were you eating? I was eating spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) That's the most wimpy thing to chip your tooth on. So it must have been earlier and I just didn't realize. I don't know what happened. I didn't know you could like spontaneously chip your tooth. I'm going to start having nightmares where my teeth are falling out of my face. That does mean something, doesn't it? Yes, it means that you're anxious. Well, then, oh God, get this. So I called my mom today and I said, hey, hi. (laughs) This is your daughter. (laughs) Please talk to me. Because my roommate went home for the holidays, so I've been like by myself for 24 hours, and I don't like that. No. And I told my mom, and she's like, oh, when I was your age, I chipped my tooth. And I was like, which one? And she was like, the left one on the inside, like towards the middle. And I was like, that's the same one in the same place that I chipped my tooth. What a thing to be hereditary. What a dynasty to fulfill. Well, you know how we're very similar, right? You are very similar. Sometimes I think things happen to me just because they happen to her. Well, anyway, thanks for listening. I just needed to talk about that because it's really weird. I no, I'm here for you. I'm still stuck on the spaghetti part. Oh. I think <laughs> I yeah, I thought like garlic or something was stuck on my tooth. So do you have the tooth? No, no, no. I don't know where it went. I must have ate it. I must have, <laughs> I must have like swallowed it. For those of you listening, it's really not a big chip. No, but I don't. Rem- no. I don't remember feeling it in my mouth or anything. It just was gone. How punk rock are you that you like ate your own? Bone? <laughs> You're like, fuck the tooth there. I'm just going to eat it. Like, that's hard rock. I really didn't make the choice, though. No, you didn't. But you still ate your tooth. I don't know. I don't know, Shay. I guess. Unless I like, what was I doing? Like grinding my teeth? Or, I mean, I did have a lot to drink on Saturday, but no one said that I, no one said that I took a tumble or anything. And I think I would have noticed on Sunday. I think I would have noticed. No, yeah, your your mouth would have fucking hurt if you did something. It doesn't hurt. Yeah, it just like the bottom. And I haven't eaten anything tough in a while. Whenever bad things happen with teeth, because a friend of ours is going through things with her teeth right now. I did think of her. Exactly. So I was thinking about that, and I always just have to think about how our teeth are just bones that we can touch, you know? Ew. They're strong as fuck. It takes a lot to break them, but Mm -hmm. we also have to forgive them on the days it happens. I broke my elbow when I was little. I still haven't forgiven her. Did I know that? Yeah. Your elbow. My sister pushed me off a couch. Yeah, I did know that. Okay, that's I story. can't touch my shoulder. <laughs> I just pantomimed that, but that's not helping any of you. But at least you look, like a, you look like a Barbie doll. Yeah. That's basically like if you want to know what Shay looks like, she looks exactly like a big blonde Barbie doll. No, I'm just kidding. No, she looks like a Barbie doll trying to touch her own shoulder. For those of you who haven't seen me, <laughs> follow big- us on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yes, follow us on Instagram at the horrors. But a big blonde Barbie doll has never been a further description. <laughs> As to what the fuck I look like. Actually, in our pictures, I look more like the Barbie doll because of my hair. You do. I've had so many people ask me if that's like your real hair. No, no, no. Like, not ask me. They're like, oh my God, her hair's so cool. I'm like, yeah, it's a wig. And they're like, what? For those of you who didn't know, I like to dabble in wigs. You do. 
Mm, I haven't been able to wear a wig in so long. There's just nowhere to go. <laughs> but you know what you could do is you could call up your friends on Zoom. Speaking of Zoom. Let's talk about it. Okay, so our movie this week is a 2020... 2020... <laughs> I literally don't know why I said 22 different ways. All right, okay, okay. Our movie this week is a 2020 shutter film called Host. And it is filmed entirely on Zoom as if the whole thing takes place during a Zoom meeting. For those of you who have maybe have seen Unfriended, it's very much like that in the sense where there's no external cameras. We are all watching what's happening through just on-screen clicks and interactions and people's windows on Zoom. There's no otherwise outside camera work. It is all filmed and was all completely filmed on Zoom. And the thing that was the most interesting to me, besides all being filmed on Zoom, everything on Zoom, which was really cool, is that the movie's only 56 minutes. 56 minutes. But let me tell you, for me, it felt like it was two hours of hell. Yeah. <laughs> It was scary. Yeah. What was your initial reaction? So at first, my initial reaction was like, okay, okay, I can handle this. It's 56 minutes. But it was a lot more aggressive than I thought it was going to be. It doesn't really let up. It really does not. Once the ball gets rolling, it keeps rolling and rolling. No one escapes the ball. No one's jumping out of the path of the ball. So I had seen this movie once before, but I will say it didn't diminish in impact and just watching it in its second time. A lot of jump scares. I know a lot of people might not be into that, but very effective though. Yes, I got lucky a couple times because obviously Shay and I take notes as we're watching. So I think there were two, two of the more significant jump scares I happened to be looking down and I missed. So I felt very fortunate to be spared, but there were a couple that got me and I screamed, but I was just experiencing the film. I was also just super interested in how this came to be. So this was filmed in 2020, not only released in 2020, it was also filmed in 2020. So this was by director Rob Savage, and he was talking to a medium and the script was actually inspired by a medium telling him that business had been booming since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Because people, I guess, were like digging into their pasts, being really lonely and wanting to connect with their loved ones who had passed away. So the medium business had been booming and that kind of gave him the idea of what if a group of friends tried to host a seance over Zoom? And that is what they did. They did host a seance over Zoom. And the thing that is also interesting is it's taking place in our 2020, like pandemic 2020. So that obviously makes it very plausible that the friends would be doing this over Zoom instead of just in person. Absolutely. There's a lot of suggestions about the pandemic and notes about the pandemic, but they don't make it the central point of the conversation Mm -hmm. ever, which... I think is smart. You know, they throw out the word like, oh, I'm breaking quarantine. And then you see someone take on and put on a mask and things of that nature. And then someone at one point makes a joke about, oh, you coughed or something like that. But you know, going into it, why they're all talking over Zoom and why they're not just having a seance together just by virtue of some of these context clues of what's going on which I think makes it so special because I think film and TV and movies do a really good job retroactively showing us what we're afraid of. But I think Host did a really good job of taking a snapshot exactly where we all were in life. I believe this came out in June or July. So at this point, you know, we were three months in 
some countries four months into lockdown, into dealing with the coronavirus, and they wasted no time Uh getting this group of actors together and filming this shit on Zoom and just cranking it out. And they really know how to play into the scary parts of a situation like that. First of all, the pandemic itself as an underlying feature of this film is terrifying. Okay, number one. Number two, every time you have the gallery view of all six, sometimes seven, sometimes eight people on the screen, you never know like what's going to happen in what window. So it's like, imagine watching a horror film and you know you can see the outline of the door in the background and you know somebody's going to pop up. Imagine eight of those screens at once it's so terrifying it's like that view in paranormal activity where it's like the couple in the bed and then off to the side there's like this empty door and you've been trained to like watch for the door watch for the door this movie does a really good job making it seem like at any given point something could be popping up behind these characters or something could be happening in any of these screens I was reading some film reviews, and that was a little bit of a critique that I read about this movie, was just there was a little too much investigating the noise. Like, people Mm. act like they hadn't heard a thud before, or... I could see that. I could see that. But otherwise, I think the movie did a really good job. And I think, honestly, jump scares is how you had to go about it. But in order to create an effective jump scare, you need to build tension, and you need to sow this fear and this discomfort and i think just through the beginning parts of initiating the seance and some of the things that go wrong you are just as uncomfortable as you are scared for the next bump to happen i think watching the film there were a couple points where i thought to myself i don't really think this noise needs to be that big of a deal at this point but since this is a group of friends and they're all sort of giving into this feeling what's going on I could see how maybe they would be persuaded to check out the noise a little bit sooner than they would on their own because they have their friends sort of egging them on and they're sort of really giving into this seance at the beginning, whether or not they believed it was true. Eventually, they're all believing that weird shit's happening. So I think in my mind, that's what made me forgive it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, imagine you're in person and all of those things. You would be egging each other on. You would be taking shots at the other people's expense and trying to sow that fear and to make that person a little more scared. And obviously, it's a lot harder to do that over Zoom or to force somebody to do that over Zoom. But they were just like, very encouraging of one another like just go check it out we're here we're here even though like it's like are you are you here you're not you're you're not here with me well let's talk about it yeah let's talk about it so the movie opens with Haley is our host for lack of a better Mm -hmm. word Mm -hmm. she invites all of her friends onto a zoom call that was pre-planned And they all start coming on one by one. There isn't a lot that significantly happens Mm -hmm. prior to all of them coming on, except that there was a banging coming from Haley's closet at one point. And the movie does a really good job of setting up views where we see just enough to know what's going on, but we know that Haley is off in the background doing her own thing. So Haley invites all of her friends. She puts her laptop down on her bed, but we're looking at a mirror so we can still see going down the hallway and we can hear some thudding happening. It obviously freaks her out a little bit, but then she opens the closet and her iron had fallen over onto the thing and whatever. Lots of, you know, fake out. Then her friends start joining the call one by one and just kind of catching up with each other as one does on Zoom. We see Gemma trying to get Haley's attention. And do they live in the same building? I'm getting the sense maybe that they live in the same building or close to each other they live not in the same building i would say just due to that scene later yeah they live in the same neighborhood 
So Emma joins the meeting. She's kind of our blonde, quirky girl. She has pigtails in. But I mean, all of these women are, what would you say, maybe 25, 26, 27? Yeah, our age. Yeah, definitely for sure. Emma, you know, kind of has like a childish spirit in that way. She seems like the kind of girl who would go to like a rave party and like totally ball out. Like, she seems like fun. She's nervous about... Oh, yeah, the, of course. ...about the thing. And then you have Gemma, who's excited, but a little more skeptical and a mm-hmm. little more sassy about it all. Radina joins the call next. She's living with her boyfriend, and she has short, dark, curly hair that they make a lot of comments on. She's also skeptical. She's just there to have some fun. There's dialogue where... She's trying to talk to her friends and her boyfriend is seen in the background chopping vegetables very loudly, very intentionally. She goes on mute and then there's some quiet conversation between friends that suggests that she moved in with her boyfriend a little too soon due to Uh lockdown and it's not going so well. Then we have Caroline, and I identified with Caroline the most because she is the most easily frightened out of these women. She's pretty much scared from the start. (laughs) She is very Mm doe-eyed. She opens the call and then, like, brings the laptop in for her dad to say hi to everybody, (laughs) and everyone's just so happy to see him, which I would be so happy to see your dad on Zoom, like, if you were just like, hey, dad, look at that, like... I would say yes. The parallels between Caroline and Elise are unparalleled. It's, yeah, they're, wait, no. I don't know what the fuck I said. (laughs) (laughs) The parallels between Elise and Caroline are unparalleled. Fucking pick a side, Shay. Anyway. What are we even saying? And I don't know. Okay, and then enter Teddy, who's random as hell. (laughs) teddy is like the only guy in this friend group he is a jolly ginger man he kind of reminds me of like a young santa you know what he reminds me of if we're comparing him to christmas time characters is that ginger lumberjack in the claymation rudolph oh okay yes with like the big ginger beard and the beanie who licks the ice pick yeah which i don't know yeah i don't know why i remember that part but yeah okay i could totally see that Either way, he's jolly, he's ginger, he -hmm. has grown a man bun, which he calls a twat knot. (laughs) Yes, because it's so little. It's so little. It's the kind of bun you saw a lot of guys start to get because they didn't get their hair cut for so long early on in the pandemic. Like my brother had one. Sorry, bro. (laughs) But yeah, he's the one that kind of introduces to us that the people who are coming to the call today were asked to bring an object, some sort of triggering object that maybe belonged to somebody who has since passed or some somebody that they're trying to get to come through in the seance today. And he has this old ballerina music box that he said scared him when he was little, but he brought it today, I guess, hoping he can get in touch with his nan. He also has an annoying girlfriend. Oh, yeah, Ginny. Yes, Ginny. He has an annoying girlfriend, which all his friends that are girls dislike. Mm -hmm. She keeps popping in and out of the calls and kind of isn't taking what they're about to do that seriously. Oh, and you told me this. Oh, yeah. So all of these actresses are going by their first names. Like, they're just going by... Yeah, they're just going by the... something i have to say something that i noticed about myself recently is for some reason and i don't know if it's because i'm a teacher or if because i'm more confused than i'm willing to admit at all times but i feel like shay and i because i'm including you in this always feel like we have to say things 
more than once, just in different ways. <laughs> you don't know how true that is because I I edit these fucking podcasts. And the amount of time that we take out, I have to take out us reiterating what the other person just fucking said. I don't or know. Or maybe why. I don't. Maybe maybe y'all know this, but like, oh my God. Like it's Yeah, maybe you guys found that out before we did. <laughs> I think it's because we're both in education and we feel the need to just be able to summarize. Oh God, yeah. We need to make sure that people are really understanding. Especially what we're nowadays. Saying. Yeah, because yeah, we can't see faces anymore. So I'm like, well, might as well say it seven times yeah. just to really make sure I hit it home. Guys, did you get it? Did you get it? Did you they get don't the- say anything. I'm like, well, I'm going to assume that's a, you need one more. And I'm just going to say it again. I'm just <laughs> say it again with some different verbs and a different tone of voice. <laughs> So anyway, these actresses (laughs) are all going by their first names, which I just thought was really fucking cool. That's all you really need to know about that. So total, just to sum it up, we have Haley Bishop, Gemma Moore, Emma Louise, Webb. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see the web. Emma Louise Webb, Redina Drandova, Caroline Ward, Janie Lofthouse, and Salem Baxter. Right. And we're about to meet Salen in a second. So essentially, it's just the friend group going on. Ginny isn't on the call, but she's like fucking around somewhere behind Teddy. So Haley keeps stressing, remember, guys, Salen's a friend of mine. Just be respectful. Like, just don't fuck around. Like, this is serious. He's doing us a favor, blah, 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 blah. So Salen enters the call. She's an older woman, has like gray, flowy, hippie hair. She's probably like mm, 47 to 53. I was about to say, she's really gray to be 47. She's really, like, she has her shit together, though. Like, I want to look like that when I'm, like, 53. No, she's hot. So, Salen enters the call. She kind of talks about some of the things that they'll be going through. She's checking in to see who's nervous. She's talking about some things to expect. Gemma asks things like, hey, if I want to talk to my grandparents who don't speak my language, can I? She says yes. She's talking about how there's no language on the astral plane. The astral plane is this funny thing that keeps coming up. And then she talks about this really important thing about, hey, if anybody feels overwhelmed, you have to break the cord. And breaking the cord is essentially imagining that you have a circle that's around your waist that leads to your front door and to visualize that. And in order to form that chain or in order to break that chain from the spiritual realm, all you have to do is visualize yourself cutting that cord, which I think comes a little into mind later. So they all light a candle and they're all visualizing forming a circle. And she's saying, hey, like, let's pretend we're all in a room and we're holding hands to like strengthen our bond. But then Ginny comes in the back and starts interrupting Teddy and they start fucking around and not taking it seriously and laughing. And then Teddy ends up leaving the call. Yeah, Ginny cuts off the call before Teddy can really even say anything. Right. And the girls, of course, all the friends are like, all right, like, fuck you, Ginny. (laughs) Like, we had this whole thing planned and she just kind of, like, ended the call. And I thought that this was pretty significant because Salen really wants them to build this bond and to build the circle, but they weren't even able to form the circle. That is very interesting. Because Teddy left the call. So even though what happens later, we can kind of blame Gemma for a little bit more. Teddy kind of not even letting that sanctity of the circle or that sanctity of that space in the astral plane be formed because he was never really taking it seriously and his girlfriend like left the Zoom call could be a reason that some things go bump in the night later. 
So the first weird thing that happens is Salen starts asking, is anyone there? Please come forward. And we hear a thud that, of course, kind of gets everyone's attention. But then it turns out to be a delivery for Salen that was supposed to arrive before the Zoom call, but arrived after the Zoom call. So I think that that is another thing that kind of contributes to the lack of actually buying into this meeting, right? Because like you said, there was that disruptive start. And now there was this other disruptive start. So I think a lot of the people who are already kind of skeptical are just kind of taking this and starting to run with it, which we'll see later. Right. And her friends start making jokes while Salen's going to get her food. She's like, I'm sensing some radishes. I'm sensing some pate or whatever the fuck. I mean, it was funny. I thought it was funny. It was funny. (laughs) So then Salen comes back and then they bring attention to a little green light that keeps moving around on Radina's screen in the background. And it kind of keeps moving. It's moving a little rapidly, not in a scary way. It does kind of look like in the morning when you like open your phone for the first time and sunlight reflects off the screen and then it goes like dancing on the wall. Like it kind of looks like that, but it is like moving independently of anything else that's going on in Radina's house so that they bring attention to that. Then Haley kind of has a moment. She's like, oh my gosh, I just felt a hand on my shoulder. This is kind of like the first real thing that seems like it's actually going to take hold. But shortly after Haley mentions that, Gemma jumps up and screams and cries out that there is pressure on her neck. So Salen is starting to kind of encourage her to reach out. Is there a name that you're getting? Gemma says the name Jack comes to mind. And sort of right after this happens, and we can see Gemma seems very physically and emotionally taken by what's going on. She mentions Jack is somebody that I went to school with. One time he helped me when I was being bullied, and then later he ended up hanging himself. And shortly after she gives a story, Salen's connection cuts out. All the girls, of course, are super freaked out, but then Gemma starts laughing because she faked the whole entire thing. Right, and this is where Haley is pissed. I would be pissed too. I would be pissed too. That's emotional. It is. And something not really to joke about, obviously, but Haley's pissed because she just asked them, please take it seriously. Please take it seriously. And Gemma did not take it seriously. And Gemma uses the excuse, well, no one was really saying anything. But like Elise said, just before Gemma had to come in and make it about herself, Haley felt a hand on her shoulder. So something interesting was already happening. That is such a good point. I didn't even make that connection. You're right. Yeah. It's literally like Gemma cut Haley off and Haley was experiencing something real, but then Gemma railroaded everything and just had to make it about her invisible boy, Jack, who hung himself and that she felt like he was strangling her or whatever. And Mm. she's laughing it off, laughing it off. But yes, at this point, Salen has left the call, but also something fell behind Salen in her screen right before you see. Like you see something fall down, her turn around, and then her jump off the screen. So something happened in Salen's window that we don't really know what happened. But yes, Haley is pissed that Gemma faked it and Gemma calls attention to that. She is saying something like, I'm sensing tension. I'm getting the name Haley. And then they start fighting. So Haley's pissed. And at this point, everyone's getting in on the fight where some people are yelling at Gemma for not taking it seriously. Some people are yelling at Haley for not being able to take a joke. Everyone's fighting. Everyone's fighting. And then Haley is sitting on a chair and she gets yanked back into her screen across the room. And obviously everyone's freaked out and gets silent. 
Haley insists that they keep going and trying to communicate with the spirit. She's like, something is finally happening. We should talk to the spirit. So she turns up her audio output so we can like better hear what's going on. And she kind of walks slowly around her apartment. And it kind of sounded like maybe like once or twice somebody was whispering, Haley, like really quietly. Oh, I didn't hear that. I don't know if I was just kind of making it up in my head. It it almost seemed like the suggestion of it, or maybe it was like the way, I don't know, the draft was moving in the apartment. I'm not sure, but you know, this is a very tense moment. So now Caroline hears something on her end and her friends are like, you should go check it out. You should go check it out. So this might have been one of the moments we talked about in the beginning where people kind of criticized the film for being too eager to check out sounds. So she goes to check it out. And I wrote in my notes, I fucking hate this. (laughs) (laughs) But so does Caroline. So she, yeah, it's coming from her attic, and her attic is one of those where you have to pull down the ladder from a little, like a little hatch. Yeah, no, no, thanks. No one likes those attics. No one needs a hatch. So, (laughs) (laughs) what is this? A pirate ship? (laughs) (laughs) So Caroline starts going up the ladder, and she's like, "Nah, fuck this." She goes back into her room and puts her phone on a selfie stick. Smart girl. And puts the selfie stick up and starts, like, surveying the area. So she is not actually seeing anything that that's happening. Only her friends are. But as she's scanning the floor of her attic, you see feet hanging. Yes, yes. As if we're getting the very, very lower half of a person who has killed himself. Which is interesting because we have heard Gemma's story about Jack, but we know Jack doesn't exist So these strange things that are happening are kind of aligning with what Gemma had said, but that story is fake. So at this point, I was kind of questioning what was going on as an audience member, but also still very scary. Right. So at this point, people are freaked out because they saw something actually very spooky. So Haley leaves her screen to go call Salen on the phone. And in the back, we start seeing a black mass moving in the back of Haley's screen, like in the way back in her living room. It's like almost like she left her laptop open to where it's looking down a long hallway and mm-hmm. you see it's like a pixelated black mass but not because it's actually pixelated but because it's so far away that the zoom camera can't pick it up yes so she has a smart idea she's like i'm gonna get my camera i'm gonna snap a picture i'm gonna see if i'm picking up anything and of course she does and the picture develops and of course what do we see somebody hanging in the bedroom Yes. So in her apartment, she's experiencing something similar, which is so scary. All of the girls are freaking out. We're looking at the picture hanging. Everyone's quiet. Everyone's quiet. And then Emma's wine glass shatters. Oh, my God. That scared the shit out of me. That was the one that got us to jump first on the couch. Because nothing was happening in Emma's face. Yeah. No. And that's such a good point that like, it's just the perfect example of like, you just don't know where to look and you just don't know what's going to happen next and where. That's what made me think at large, what about the internet connection allows this haunting to manifest in other people's physical spaces? Like, obviously, they formed some sort of, like, circle, some sort of seances going on, but it's flitting between Haley's place and Emma's place and Caroline's place. And Elise had pointed out, consistently throughout the movie, there's never something happening in more than one space at one time. It's always happening to one person at a time. So we can assume that it's not just random ghosts coming forth and doing crazy shit. We can assume it's like one bad guy or one bad spirit or whatever. But like, what is it about it bouncing And it made me think of the idea that especially where they're at in lockdown, like mental health can be contagious. 
this sense of isolation, this sense of despair. If you're around people that are really going through it and your support circle is supporting you, which is, I think, maybe what Haley's feeling right now or what everyone's feeling a little bit right now, like bad things can manifest in those spaces, even if it didn't come from your space in general. Very interesting. I was just sort of thinking about it more in terms of, you know, I've seen some like ghost hunter shows and how they use certain technology to pick up radio waves and hear if they can pick up on any ghost voices. So if ghost voices could travel on radio waves, then I was sort of thinking that they could probably travel on like internet connection because it would just be like another sort of... I feel like an idiot talking about this because I don't actually know about technology in this way. But obviously, if there's something connecting all the screens, then there's something that a spirit might be able to catch a ride on, like Crush and Finding Nemo in those ocean currents. That is a good way to visualize it. (laughs) That there is, it's almost like I'm thinking of a river of code, like green code (laughs) that's just going through and just like the spirit of Crush is just jumping off at the different computers. And then like, it's like a lazy river. They just keep like cycling through the same yeah i mean there's not like a distinct order but it's like if i can send you an emoji i can send you a demon oh yeah right i love it i love that but that is interesting the idea of how headspace can be contagious and we do see all of the people in the zoom call kind of go back and forth between various headspaces whether it's kind of calm or like strength or absolute fear and we kind of see them all sort of try to adopt that for one another even anger accusatory very true So Haley gets Salen back on the phone and Salen's like, hey, I'm so sorry. Something about my internet cut out. Last I checked in, Gemma was talking to Jack. Have we been able to like locate Jack? Have we heard from him? And Haley's like, yeah, Gemma, you want to talk about Jack? But Gemma doesn't open her mouth. So Haley tells Salen that Gemma faked it. And Salen's like, that wasn't a very good idea. I asked you to take this seriously because essentially what you just did is summon what she calls a false spirit. And the idea of a false spirit is like putting a mask to the spirit realm and offering an invitation for any spirit to come through and wear it. So in a normal seance, you're usually contacting somebody specific. You're asking for your grandparent or you're asking for your pet or you're asking for somebody who has passed and you're asking for that specific spirit to come forward. But in this seance, essentially what they did was just open a window and just say to the spirit realm, hey, there's an open window. So if anyone wants to come through, here you go. (laughs) That is such a crazy idea. That's something I liked about this movie. Even though it was terrifying, I never heard of anything like that in any other sort of scary movie that I've seen having to do with the spirit world, which isn't many. But I thought that that was interesting and I thought they did a cool job kind of explaining that. And I thought it was cool that they already gave us all of those moments where we were seeing the hanging feet, the hanging person, these things that coincided with the story and got us wondering why that was happening when we knew it was fake and then kind of coming in with the answer. So it's like, is there a Jack or is there yeah. somebody whose story was close enough to Jack where he was like, that's not my name, but that's me. I'm gonna come forward <laughs> now. Like, we don't know. We don't know who the spirit is. But Salen does say like it could be demonic because you pretty much put an open invitation out there into the spirit realm. So Salen starts guiding the seance again and starts saying, okay, can you do one knock for yes, two knocks for no? They ask, is someone here with us? And Haley's light turns on and off. So that's one. And then they ask, are you a friend? And the lights in Haley's apartment go from dark to blown out to dark to blown out like very violent she loses power correct yes i think her light bulbs blow out but Mm -hmm. it does flicker twice which pretty much says 
no, hell nah, I am not a friend. Yeah. And Salen becomes disconnected from the call again. Haley tries to take the reins. Gemma is kind of against that. Haley's like, no, we're going to try to end the meeting. We're going to try to end the meeting. She tries to walk everybody through it. Salen had mentioned in the beginning about visualize cutting the cord to end the meeting, blah, 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 blah. And they do that. And then all seems well, which of course we know it's not well because the movie is still going. And things are kind of like, okay, everyone's kind of trying to laugh it off. That was so weird. Then Radina tries to call Alan, her boyfriend who had been spending time in the next room, I suppose, after their spat. And his phone is still on the night table. And she asks her friends, guys, did anyone see Alan leaving? He left his phone. And then the attention turns to Caroline because something we didn't mention up front is that Caroline in her quarantine boredom had created it's almost like a gif like it goes on a loop of caroline walking into her room looking in her drawer for something and starting to brush her hair and it looks like her and it is her but it's actually like it's what goes on when she has her camera off so i i'm guessing it's something for when she's in class yeah (laughs) or when she just wants to look like she's there but not accessible but it's essentially this loop of caroline walking into the room looking in a drawer and brushing her hair and those things cycling over and over again so they realize that caroline is off the screen but she's not off the screen it's her little thing is going through its loop so they're trying to figure out where she is but her laptop falls down and then disconnects from the call so then our attention is drawn to Emma's screen. She is now in her like like downstairs in her like living room area. And all of a sudden she kind of freaks out and we see through her screen that she has on one of those like mask filters that they were kind of goofing around with before the meeting. Like, it's that, like a Snapchat filter, but yeah. you can do them on Zoom where and it, it gives fastens you, like, the funny to your ears. face. Yeah. Yes. And so in the middle of the room, even though we can see there's no one standing there, the camera has picked up on some sort of face and has put this filter on this face and we can see that there is something in the room with emma and of course wearing this mask which is very creepy and i also i think very interesting because salen just told us the whole Mm. analogy like a mask and now we literally have this being wearing a sort of mask so she decides to throw flour at it i guess see if it will like take shape but it just lands on the ground But then as she's waiting for something to happen, the cabinets fly open behind her, like all the cabinets in her kitchen fly open, again, paranormal activity style. But then her audio starts to distort. And when she turns back around, there is footsteps in the flower following her. (laughs) I, oh my God. Wow. So she thinks quick, runs upstairs. Well, she tries to leave. But then weird shit starts happening. She's kind of like somehow like redirected upstairs to get away. That's kind of like her way out Mm -hmm. is up. And all of a sudden she's picked up and dragged towards her own crawl space in the ceiling and then dropped on the ground. She quick gets up, runs in her room and hides under the covers. (laughs) Yes. And while she's hiding under the covers, she's crying. Like you could tell she's very shaken, but the... The fucking Snapchat filters are still going, so she like looks like a dragon. Oh yeah, I think it's a really good juxtaposition of like this thing that was making them laugh earlier, mm. while she's obviously in emotional distress. But then once the attention's taken off her, Radina is still not in the screen. She's still looking for Alan. Well, the girls are trying to be like, Radina, get out of the house because they're starting to pick up on the fact that weird shit is happening from house to house and they see the light flickering in her background. Yes, it's like flickering a lot more violently now. Mm -hmm. And then 
Rodina's oven starts smoking. Oh, God. And Rodina tries to open the oven and then she hears them screaming for her. So she turns and she's like, what? And then Alan's body falls from the ceiling oh, from out God. of frame. What the hell? So Rodina she finally hears them saying, get out, get out, get out. And I guess that she doesn't even ask any questions, which I appreciate. She just goes, but she doesn't even make it to the front door. She's like dragged back almost by that fucking metaphorical cord Mm -hmm. that wasn't properly quote unquote cut. And then she's kind of pulled back and then like thrown on the ground. And we just kind of see like a single, like a little like blood spatter, like land on her camera lens. And we assume that, I don't know, she's been thrown to the ground so hard she's dead. Yeah, her camera's just pointed at the ceiling. But again, you see the blood spatters and that's really all that you see. But I'm really glad that you brought up that like tether because something about this movie being 56 minutes is there is not room for fat. And I don't think that there's fat in this movie. No, like we are literally, I feel like we've been saying like one traumatic thing after the other and it really is like that. And even, yeah, that metaphorical rope around your waist thing Every time somebody is dragged in this movie, it is always like they are dragged back. They are dragged backwards or they by are the dragged waist. up either by the waist mm-hmm. or by the neck. <sighs> <laughs> like Emma is dragged like to That's her ceiling true. and you see that from her point of view, like from her eyes almost. And Haley, she is being dragged back like by this chair mm-hmm. and like how do people hang themselves very interesting there's a lot of imagery of the chair rattling or the chair being brought to the same exact point in the room my god i did not even think of that that's so morbid but like that attention to detail that's incredible i know like even the things that the ghost fucks with has purpose Like, beyond stereotypical ghost things, like knocking and light flickering, stuff that kind of coincides with that whole mask thing. So Caroline, I think, is the only one that hadn't gotten dragged, but she was the one who saw, like, the feet hanging in her attic. But then the attention's brought back to Caroline because she has this background that's running continuously. But then intercut with it, we see her head being slammed on the desk repeatedly. So she gets slammed, you see her bloodied face, she disappears, you see the cycle of her gift going, and then it goes bam, 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 and then the sound is distorting, she's crying, please help me, please help me, she's obviously very bloodied, and then one final time she's slammed, I guess, onto her laptop, and then all you see on her screen for the rest is her gif moving, and her just, again, coming into the room, going to the drawer, brushing her hair, even though you know that she is now laying at her desk, dead and bloodied. And even though Caroline is not the first to die, I would say that her death is probably the most graphic because Radina has already died, we can assume, but, you know, that was off screen. We did see Alan fall from the ceiling, but only for a second. We never really saw his body. Emma escaped for this time. So it's really visceral. And of course, her friends are crying. It's terrifying. And before they even have time to really process what's going on, Haley all of a sudden gets dragged back in her chair once again into the hallway of her apartment and the hallway door shuts and she's out of sight. So we don't see anything else from her. And all of these cameras are still on, but the only people left in screen and paying attention is Emma, who is still sobbing through her filters, Mm -hmm. and Gemma. So Gemma decides, I need to go help. Haley, because I guess she is the closest in proximity. So Gemma puts on a mask. Again, this is one of those like very 
tiny references to the pandemic, but she goes to put on a mask and we see her on the call still and you see her like running down the street. She has indeed made it outside, but then her call disconnects because she is out of Wi-Fi range. Emma is sobbing because she's like, don't leave me, don't leave me, don't leave me. But of course, Gemma does. She's not alone for long. No. Because Teddy comes back. This is the worst. And Teddy is smashed, right? Because he had been drinking with Ginny, having a good time, thinking he's going to come back onto the Zoom call to see what's up. And of course, the demon starts fucking with him too. He's on the call. Teddy's like, oh, come on. You're messing with me. Teddy's lights go out. So he's looking for the circuit box. And there is a demon face. Like, this is one of the ones you missed, I think. Yes, thank the Lord. But essentially, the only light that you're seeing is from the light of the laptop or the phone that he's carrying. And you see like a demon face under the circuit box. So he runs outside. He sees another demon face that's like hiding like in the bushes or something. And then the attention goes to Ginny, who is being lifted in the air above the pool by her neck. Like she's like high in the air, very high in the air. She is grabbing at her neck, grabbing at her neck. And then all of a sudden you see her neck just snap as if she had a noose around her neck. And then she is dropped into the pool. So Teddy is freaking the fuck out. He's running, he's running, he's running. He makes it, I guess, into a wooded area around the house he was in. But it's like like a shed. He finds like a shed because there's like a car there and there's rafters where you see. I thought I saw like trees and shit, like trees surrounding the shed. They're in a very wooded area. Right. But either way, they end up in a shed because I think you see a noose hanging from the top of the rafters in the shed, which again, another instance, another hint at suicide. And he starts hearing the music from his music box start playing. And he goes towards that, which I think is loco crazy. So he goes towards the music box. We see him pick it up. And then all of a sudden off screen, we hear and sort of see him get whacked by something. We're not really sure. But he falls to the ground with the lighter he was carrying. And we see slowly as his body gets caught on fire. And thinking that he's dead, getting caught on fire. Meanwhile, Emma's watching. But then he wakes up. And starts freaking out and screaming and then basically like burns to death, which I mean, is so awful. Oh my God. I'm surprised I wasn't crying at this point. This was upsetting. Elise at this point was not happy with my movie choice at this point. I think it was almost that there was so much going on. I couldn't even really process it. Like, I think if the pacing was slower, I might have ended up crying, right? Because it would have been like this ebb and flow. But there really was never a moment to process what the hell was happening. It was just one right after the other. Yeah. And this is where I had made the note in my notes of everyone is yanked out of view of the screen or otherwise backwards. And then I wrote the effect of COVID. Oh, like how everyone's world just kind of stopped and everyone felt like they were on this trajectory. They had a plan for something. And then all of a sudden they are just being yanked backwards. This is crazy. This is really, really crazy. Because obviously there's the significance of that tether, that tether that's pulling them all together, that that's yanking them back. But then I'm just thinking about, well, why is it that everyone is being yanked backwards and out of sight is because like you're there and then all of a sudden this thing happens that stops all of your plans and you're just put further further back in time that's so interesting i wasn't really thinking about the demon as a metaphor for covid i was more so thinking about the story capitalizing on those already potent fears of loneliness or isolation right but you're right sort of how they can't leave their apartment. And Gemma does leave 
But I guess because maybe the demon just like wasn't in her realm at that time. Maybe when Radina tries to leave, the demon's already there like with her so she can't. And I'm also wondering, is it because Gemma's the one who invited him? Maybe the demon. Oh, well, yeah, because Gemma is the last one to really experience anything physical or in her space. So then you hear thudding in Emma's screen again, because at this point, Emma is all by her lonesome. And this is where I think one of us asked out loud, like, why has she lasted so long? And then the other one said, like, because she hid under the blanket. <laughs> yeah. It's a surefire demon plan. The demon was like, you know, this is going to need all my strength to get to her. So I will save it for the <laughs> end because <laughs> she's got a good protection. She gets up and she is hearing the thudding is getting closer and closer to her. So like she tried to do with the flower, she throws a blanket at it. But instead, this time, the blanket takes the shape of oh. a human. So gross. And she tries to run out. But then I think she tries going out the window. Yeah. I mean, because the body or the figure was standing in the doorway. The only way out was the window. But then this is where the only time where I don't know how it was shot because it goes from seeing the blanket to you see an image of her backyard and then her falling again from out of frame into a picnic table. So So unless she dropped her phone. Yeah, I think that's what we're led to believe. Like as she was trying to leave, like she probably needed both hands, right? So she would just drop the phone and then she fucking was thrown out. Like, thrown out. She didn't just land on that picnic table. She was, like, thrown downward into that picnic table. Yeah, the picnic table wasn't directly underneath the window. She was thrown out and down, like, like, fi- like at least five, ten feet like out. Like, Ginny. Like, Ginny. Yeah. Like, I guess we already saw the demon could lift one into the air. Oh, man, that that was bad. So then you get these moments of silence. And I think that this is like a break in the pace that's needed, but also just a reminder of where everything is. So then you start to see one by one, everybody is logging out of the call. So Caroline's background of her brushing her hair starts leaving. Then Teddy's fire leaves. The image of Radina's ceiling leaves. The image of Emma on the bench leaves. So then the only ones connected to the call is Haley, but then you hear a crash coming from Haley's thing and you see Gemma climbing in through a window. And Gemma, pretty quickly after arriving at the apartment as she's looking for Haley, gets knocked out with a vase. (laughs) And you see the vase get like picked up from thin air. And this is where I want to mention, so the director, Rob Savage, said that he did not set foot in any of these actors' physical spaces of where they were filming. So all of these actors were not only credited as filmmakers, but also stunt people because all of these special effects were done just by the actors themselves. What? So it makes the low budget where, of course, you know, we're used to watching other horror movies with much larger budgets and much obviously more grandiose effects. But all of these things were done, like obviously with the assistance of producers and stunt people, but they were all performed by the actors themselves. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so crazy. So just think about, you know, I want to cover Paranormal Activity one day. I keep mentioning that in this, but in the same way where I believe Paranormal Activity was only made for like $10,000. Yeah. I do know enough about that to know that it was ridiculously low budget. And it made a ridiculous amount of money. Mm -hmm. So it almost is like for these actors, it was a win-win situation because it's like they get to do all this cool stuff and they didn't have to spend a lot of money to do all of these things, but it it still ends up being so effective just because of the way it's edited and the way Mm -hmm. that they're able to build this tension. Like in the world of Zoom, you can't see everything that's going on anyway. Right. 
Uh, I love that. Gemma gets up after being knocked out with a vase, and I think she gets like hit again, or we see the cameras back on her. Her face is bloody, and the, the, ca- the camera falls like mm. the laptop falls off the desk. So we see an image of her on the ground, but then all the cabinets fly open mm. and the things fly out of the cabinets and onto her. So she is being assaulted, pelted by bowls and plates, yeah. and and then she yells "fuck you," which I love. Oh, she does. Yeah, she yells "fuck you." No one else tried to stand up to the demon. I don't think I would have really thought to do that either, but I kind of appreciated that at least from her, we get some of that. Which from what little I know about ghostly encounters is you are supposed to tell spirits like, this is my space, get the fuck out now. Not like that, a little more nicely, but that's kind of how you reclaim your space from spirits because a lot of times spirits are just kind of stuck the way that Caroline's background is. They're just kind of stuck in the space in which they know and they're in these patterns that are familiar and they need someone to tell them, hey, like, it's okay to go to light, get out of here. Like, this isn't where you live anymore. I live here now. And Assuming that the spirit isn't demonic, they usually will go away. That's at least what I've heard. That's interesting because after she says that, it does let up for a little bit. Yeah, the only thing you see is the chair tilting back and forth. Ew. That like black chair that mm-hmm. Haley's been sitting in is kind of like rattling, like someone had just like gotten up out of it or I don't know. But again, you still see a lot of this. But Gemma walks through the apartment. There's a lot of tension building of thuds and hearing things. And then she finds Haley, who has been hiding under a desk in another room. And I, what I found so funny is they greet each other with an elbow bump. I love that. That's so COVID. Because it's so COVID where it's like, <laughs> hey, we've all been like assaulted by a demon all night, but I'm still not going to hug you because COVID. Like we're still <laughs> going to elbow bump, which I just thought was so, so funny. But then their attention is brought to the end of the hallway again because the chair again has moved into the view of them in the hallway, which again, this chair always keeps returning no matter where it is to the same spot, which is almost presuming that somebody maybe did kill themselves in Haley's space. Okay, okay. Haley brings out the Polaroid again. They start walking toward it. They start taking photos, taking photos. And there is a final jump scare of a bloody demon face and they're screaming and the movie's over. Yeah, and then the credits start playing as if someone is scrolling through like a Zoom attendance to see like who had been there, which I thought was so freaking cool. A very cool feature. And then that's it. The movie is over. 56 minutes of absolute terror. Yeah. (laughs) It's lean, but it gets the job done. Oh, yeah. And I did appreciate, like, even though there was, like, that moment with Teddy where I was like, why the hell would you go towards that music box? Especially because you already told us that that used to terrify you as a child. I feel like that sound would be enough to, like, tell you, even without all this weird shit, to walk the other way. But there really was never a point where I was like, why would you do that with any of the characters? There were like frustrating parts, like I think especially with Rudina, because she would be off screen sometimes and her friends weren't able to get her attention, like when her oven was smoking. And then, you know, of course, the parts where Caroline's video loop was playing and we couldn't get a hold of her. So there were those frustrating moments, but nothing was happening that I was like, why would this happen? Why would you do that? I felt like it was very believable in the way that the characters were sort of reacting to these things. Right. But I do think not to read into this so much or COVID it to death almost, because that's what I feel like I'm doing. But how a lot of these characters acted on Zoom was almost like how people we know or just friend groups react to the pandemic in general, right? Where it's That is a good point. 
Radina can't always be reached because she like moved in with her boyfriend and you know you're, you're not really hearing from her anymore maybe she's burning a sourdough starter in the oven we don't know <laughs> oh my god yes but and then you have Caroline who's just trying to stay creative with all of these projects and you have Emma who's just in, in her pigtails doing her hair all the time mm-hmm. and Haley's looking at mediums and Gemma's just trying to have a good sense of humor about it all but something I did say to Elise last night about Gemma too. They kept underlining, just take this seriously, just be respectful, just be respectful, which is obviously in line with COVID regulations where it's like, just do what we're asking you to do. Just please be respectful. Just please keep your distance. Just please do all these things. But all it took was one person. Holy shit. Fucking it up to get everybody killed. Oh my God. Because Gemma didn't take it seriously. Oh my God. And no matter how much you like her, because she does have really fun, great bits about her, mm-hmm. she gave all of her friends a demon. She did. Wow. That is so... Woo! <laughs> I am shook to my core. I am I am shook to my core. It does feel like a very intentional ghost story, because it's not like a murder. Right. You know, you're not having like a person-to-person contact in this COVID world. It's a, it's a very singular event. Yeah, the only one we really don't know what happened to was Salen. That is a good point. Because I wrote down at the end, what was the significance of everybody dying? Like, usually there is a final girl. And granted, we don't know what happens to Haley and Gemma at the end, except that there is like a demon face that springs out at them. And then that's the end of the movie. But what is the significance of no one making it to the end? And again, is it this like COVID thing? I don't know. It Mm -hmm. might be. It might be. Like how bleak everyone felt at that time. Right. And still do to a degree, but still. We knew a lot less back then than we do now. Well, once again, I feel like with this movie, I have a deeper... Well, I liked it objectively. It, it scared me. And of course, then my roommate's not home and I had to go back and be by myself. So that super sucked. But I feel like after talking about it, I have like more of an appreciation. I think now that I'm, I'm sort of seeing like even more of the ways that it can be like a metaphor for COVID or like this whole pandemic situation, like capitalizing on those fears more than I realized, which is really cool. I love that shit. Not COVID, but you know, that deep shit. I would recommend this movie. Not to people who don't like jump scares, though. (laughs) Right. I would say this is jump scare heavy. But again, like, this is a single episode of a show without commercials. Like, it is completely doable. Watch with friends. We also mentioned at the beginning, this is available on Shudder, and we're not being sponsored by Shudder, but if Shudder wants to sponsor us, hey-oh. So (laughs) Shudder is a streaming service that is like the Netflix of horror. Essentially, is just horror movies. There's a lot of deep cuts on there. There's Shudder Originals, which this is a Shudder Original, just like there are Netflix Originals or Hulu Originals. But this is available on Shudder and Amazon Prime, I'm pretty sure, for viewing. Not full free unless you want some free trial fun. But again, like it is completely worth the watch and i think we just wanted to close out 2020 with (laughs) the thing a lot of us have already been experiencing which is just hail to the zoom fatigue (laughs) any kind of tech fatigue really this is our last episode of 2020 thank you guys so much for listening this is our 11th episode it is our 11th episode So it's been a wild time since our launch in October, but we do appreciate the folks that share us and that listen to us and give us feedback and comment on our Instagram. And, you know, we really just started this as a space for Elise and I to just 
have a lot of intentional conversation because we did that a lot in our friendship anyway but doing it surrounding all these awesome movies is pretty great and we don't know exactly how we're going to kick off the new year quite yet but we're excited to see what it's going to be yes Absolutely. And if you want to keep in touch more than just listening once a week, you can follow us on Instagram, of course, at the horrors podcast, or you can email us at the horrors podcast at gmail.com. But otherwise, have a very happy new year. Stay safe. And we're the horrors. See you next year. Bye. Bye.